Appreciate people helping out. Do the work of God. Be a blessing to other people. All hearts clear tonight? Okay, take your Bibles and go to 1 John. Praise the Lord, too. Well, Brother Neil, of course, helped out before he left. Uh, Brother John and uh, Brother Clay and any, anybody else that helps out with the sound and the uh, putting the sermons on this sermon audio thing. Uh, they, they, one of the parts of the sermon audio is they send a report, a monthly report, and after the first month that we were on the air, they sent me a report because I was the contact uh, that was that we had for them. And 11 different countries have listened to uh, uh, sermon audio. I got a phone call this week from uh, a preacher. I had met him before. Don't really know. I just know, know of him. But he told me he listens every morning on his way to work. <laughs> uh, so uh, he just wanted to call and tell me how much he appreciated it. So uh, anyways, uh, praise the Lord. I, I appreciate the guys that are making that possible and doing the work to keep that uh, out, get that out there. Much more response than we ever got from a radio broadcast. Uh, so, uh, praise the Lord. All right, First John chapter 4. I don't know if I told you that or not. I've still got a little bit of a voice uh, hindrance tonight, so you whisper a prayer for me. You keep your Bibles handy. I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five places I may ask you to turn to as well tonight besides this one. Let's stand, if you would. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. And we have known and believed that the love, or rather, let me start all over here. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You can be seated. That's all I'm going to read tonight. I'm going to preach about the devil's weapon of fear. The devil's weapon of fear. I had thought about uh, originally the, the, the title being uh, the devil's tool of fear. And the more I, I thought about that, uh, tool just doesn't express the destruction, which is his intent, uh, with fear or any other of his other weapons. John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief cometh not before to what? Steal and kill and destroy. That does, listen, the, the devil's not carrying a toolbox. He's carrying an arsenal, okay? Uh, I understand the, the, the terminology, and, and maybe I've used it before and other preachers have, and I'm not condemning it, uh, but, but really the devil's not got tools. He's got weapons, and I'm going to preach about one of them tonight. It's the weapon of fear. Uh, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You don't guard out for somebody that's got a toolbox. Uh, the Bible says that weapons of our warfare. We're in a war. 
against the devil. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so the devil has a weapon that I want to preach about tonight, in particular, the weapon of fear. But, but let's start by, by thinking about what all are the devil's weapons, and we won't cover them all tonight. Uh, my mind went to Genesis chapter 3, where uh, the serpent, who of course is the devil, he beguiled Eve, and uh, we can say, first of all, that temptation is one of the devil's weapons uh, to use against us, and then doubt would be one. He said to, to Eve, he said, yea, hath God said, and so he began to plant the seeds of doubt uh, along with the temptation. Uh, there was also, as he tempted Eve, that appeal to the flesh. Uh, she saw that it was a tree uh, that was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. And so uh, the devil uh, certainly uses that, and discouragement is one of the devil's weapons. Uh, but, but the one I want to preach about tonight is probably, I don't know that it, this is a, a, a 100% accurate statement, but it's at least often, I won't say his most overlooked weapon, but probably one of the most overlooked weapons that the devil has is fear. <coughs> fear that he uses against us as God's children. I'm preaching to the church tonight. Be turning with me to Luke chapter 12. We'll eventually uh, get our attention back on 1 John chapter 4. But that verse there said, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Uh, let me start on this subject of the devil's weapon of fear tonight by saying that you, as a child of God, anybody saved tonight? Aren't you glad you're saved? Uh, I was talking to somebody not too long ago that talked about dreaming about the devil. And uh, I have. It's been a long time since I have uh, dreamed about the devil. Uh, but I can remember as a kid dreaming about the devil. I'm telling you, it, it, it is not a pleasant dream to dream about the devil. Uh, and uh, uh, there, there's some reality to that. But as, as I thank God I'm saved, amen. As children of God, we need not fear any, anything. <coughs> Sorry. We need not fear anything except God. Look at Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse number 4. Luke 12, verse number 4. Jesus is speaking. He said, and I say to you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body. Let's just stop right there. Let that soak in just a minute. Be not afraid of them that kill the body. Are you, has it soaked in yet? Be not afraid of them that kill the body. Who said that? Jesus said that. Jesus is telling us to not be afraid of people that can kill us. Be, I, I'm afraid some of y'all haven't got this set soaked in yet. Be not afraid of them that kill the body. That's what Jesus said. Let's read on there. Uh, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you. Fear him, are not five sparrows sold for a farthing, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. We need not fear anything but God. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to them that love God. To them are the called according to His purpose. As, as children of God, listen, there's nothing going to happen to you that God doesn't allow. He doeth all things well. Never man spake like this man. Fear not them that kill the body. You don't have to be afraid of anything except for Him. Just fear Him. 
We don't have to let the devil beat us up with this thing of fear. It's his weapon that he uses against God's people. Uh, take your blue book back out and, and turn over to 426. Uh, normally something I wouldn't do is ask you to turn the song right in the beginning of a, a sermon. Uh, but we're going to do it right here. And uh, I don't know, we may even sing this. But the, the title of the hymn is God Will Take Care of You. Aren't you glad that we don't have to be afraid of anything or anybody? Listen, the Lord started, he didn't, he didn't work his way up to that thing, but he just jumped right in, into it. He said, be not afraid of them that kill the body. He didn't say, don't be afraid of people when they call you bad names. He didn't say, don't be afraid of people when they threaten you. He didn't say, don't be afraid of the government. He didn't say, don't be afraid of your neighbors. He said, be not afraid of them that can kill the body. Because there's somebody, I have somebody with me, the hymn writer said, that's able to take care of me. 426, I won't sing it tonight because my voice is not 100%, but be not dismayed, whatever be tied. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. Two, through days of toil, when heart doth fail, God will take care of you. When dangers fierce your path assail, God will take care of you. Verse 4, no matter what may be the test, God will take care of you. Lean where he went upon his breast. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. Thank God we don't have to be afraid of anything. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yeah. The Hebrew writer said over in Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 14, he said, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, talking about himself, uh, Jesus, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. In other words, Jesus Christ came so that we don't have to be afraid of anything, especially not even the devil. In this same book of Hebrews, over in the, in the 13th chapter, I love this verse. It's always been one of my favorite verses. Hebrews 13, verse number 5. The Bible says, let your conversation, that's your lifestyle, literally, be, be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so because of that, we can say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me. We don't have to be afraid of anything. We don't have to be afraid of anything. T turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. While you're going to 2 Timothy chapter 1, I'm going to read Psalm 118, verse number 6 to you. It says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? And if God be for you, who can be against you? As Christians, we don't have to be afraid of anything except the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 1. What a precious passage 2 Timothy chapter 1 is. I've quoted it to myself dozens of times uh, through the years. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 6. Paul told Timothy, he said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Listen to this. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Well, Brother David, I just can't help being afraid. You didn't get that from the Lord. You didn't get that from the Lord. He told you not to even be afraid of people that could kill you. 
God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Church, we need not fear anything. Don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about China. I'm not saying that, that, that these things ought to be uh, uh, something we might want to be interested in or might be concerned about or, or might have an opinion about. But we don't have to worry. We don't have to be afraid. Why? The Lord is on my side. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles. I wanna, I've got three more places I'm going to ask you to turn to. And then I'll be through asking you to turn. The first one's in 2 Chronicles chapter 32. I want to show you the devil's use of fear. I'm preaching about the devil's weapon of fear. 2 Chronicles chapter 32. Now Hezekiah is king in 2 Chronicles chapter 32. And uh, King Hezekiah has received, uh, not directly himself, but there has come the messengers of the king of Assyria. And uh, I, I ended up deciding to read a little bit more of what I originally did because I want you to get the picture of this. Uh, the king of Assyria has been marching through the nations, mopping up the floor with them, and now he's come down to Judah where Hezekiah is king. And we'll pick up in verse number 9, 2 Chronicles 32, verse 9. After this did Sennacherib, king of Assyria, send his servants to Jerusalem, but he himself laid siege against Lachish and all his power with him. And he sent the servants, is what the, the scripture says here, unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, and unto all Judah that were at Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith Sennacherib, king of Assyria, Wherein do you trust that ye abide in the siege in Jerusalem? Doth not Hezekiah persuade you to give over yourselves to die by famine and by thirst, saying, The Lord our God shall deliver us out of the hand of the king of Assyria? So get the picture. Hezekiah is saying, Hezekiah is saying what I'm saying tonight. Don't be afraid. God will take care of us. But here comes uh, the messengers from the king of Assyria, and they're saying, Hezekiah is saying that. But listen, people, this is what we say. Verse 12, hath not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, saying, You shall worship before one altar and burn incense upon it. Know ye not what I and my fathers have done unto all the people of other lands? Were the gods of the nations of those lands in any ways able to deliver their lands out of mine hand? Who was there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver his people out of mine hand, that your God should be able to deliver you out of mine hand? Now therefore let not Hezekiah deceive you, nor persuade you on this manner. Neither yet believe him, for no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people out of mine hand. And out of the hand of my fathers, how much less shall your God deliver you out of mine hand? And his servants spake yet more against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He wrote also letters to rail on the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the other nations of other lands have not delivered their people out of mine hand, so shall not the God of Hezekiah deliver his people out of mine hand. Then they cried. This is the verse I want you to know most of, most of all tonight. Verse 18. Then they cried with a loud voice in the Jews' speech unto the people of Jerusalem that were on the wall to affright them and to trouble them that they might take the city. Understand, the devil wants God's people to be afraid. It's a weapon. And, and here is a perfect example of it. Let me turn to Nehemiah, if you would, Nehemiah chapter 6. Uh, but here's a perfect example in 2 Chronicles chapter uh, number 32 of, of, of the devil using fear to get God's people to be afraid. And if we had read over in 2 Kings, uh, the, the spokesman for Hezekiah said to the messenger of, of Sennacherib there, he said, uh, speak, speak to us in your language. We understand it. Don't speak to us in the Jews' language. And about that time, he cried out in the Jews' language what uh, we read about here, to make the people afraid. 
Listen, say, Brother David, ain't it bad out in the world? Yeah, it's, it's bad out in the world. But we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. God's people don't have to be afraid. It's wrong to be afraid. It's wrong for you to fear. You have succumbed to the devil when you become afraid. God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. All right, Nehemiah chapter 6, verse number 5. Nehemiah 6, again, several verses here I'm going to read. I want to get the point across to you of how the devil uses this thing of fear. <coughs> Excuse me, Nehemiah 6, 5. Then sent Sanballat his servant unto me, in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. Now, the open, the, the open letter is important. That means that it, it has been read and people have probably seen it. <coughs> and so when Nehemiah receives this open letter, he knows that other people have seen it. Wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen. And Gashmu saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel. For which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king, according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. And now shall it be reported to the king according to these words, Come now therefore and let us take counsel together. Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. For, the, for they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. Do you understand this, church? The devil weakens the church with fear. The devil weakens the he weakens your family with fear. He weakens your spiritual walk with God with fear. You don't have to be afraid, thank God. Amen. Their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. Now therefore, my God, strengthen my hands. Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaliah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was shut up. That means he's, he's in a house and he, he doesn't go out. He's staying in the house. He had COVID or something, I guess. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us shut the doors of the temple for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And lo, I, listen to this. And lo, I perceive that God hath not sent him, but he pro pronounced this prophecy against me for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid. And do so in sin. And they might have a matter for an evil report. Look at verse 14. My God, think thou upon Tobiah and Sambal according to these, their works. And on the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. And so they send this messenger down to Nehemiah saying, man, they're going to get you, Nehemiah. I, 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 I'm, I'm afraid too. Let's go down to the temple and lock ourselves in. Nehemiah said, not me. I'm not going to do that. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid. Fear is a weapon. It's the devil's weapon. Sometimes he shoots bullets of fear. Sometimes he drops bombs of fear. <laughs> now, it's not an accurate statement. I think it was JFK that said we have nothing to fear but fear itself. We really have nothing to fear but God himself. Amen. I want to mention one, two, three, four, five fears tonight that the devil's used on probably everybody in this building, okay? The first one is where we started at. Remember where we started in 1 John chapter 4? Uh, John talked about the judgment. Uh, let me just turn back over there real quickly and read that to you. 1 John 4, verse number 18 that I read to you. John said, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Let me back up and read the prior verse. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. 
because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth not is made perfect in love. And so John is talking about people that are not made perfect in love, perfect meaning complete, and they've not reached the point that they are not afraid of the future. They're afraid of the future. In particular, as he's dealing there with the judgment. And I know the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. I understand that, that Paul said, knowing then the terror of the Lord. Listen, I'm not here to tell you uh, that it's going to be a cakewalk uh, through the judgment, but thank God that the blood of Christ is sufficient. And we don't have to be afraid of the future. Because as He is, so are we in this world, First John 4 tells us. And so John tells us in 1 John chapter 4 that if everything is in order, complete, perfect, we don't have to be afraid of the future, not even of judgment. Now, if there's unconfessed sin, uh, that's a different story. Uh, but what joy, what joy to not have to be afraid of the future. Aren't you glad you don't have to worry about whether you're going to wake up in the morning and die and go to hell or not? Amen. Thank God for, for the, the boldness. We don't have to be afraid. And Paul, uh, rather, John talked about that boldness. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 28. Uh, he said, Now, little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Uh, so we don't, if we are in Jesus Christ and our faith is in him and we're made perfect in love, we don't have to be afraid of anything. Not even the future. But some people are not just only afraid of the future. Some people are afraid of their past. Now, you know the story of Exodus, or rather of Moses. Young people, I hope you're ready for the test on Exodus this coming Sunday. And we're introduced to Moses in Exodus chapter 2 when he's born, and before the chapter's out, he's 40 years old. And as... Uh, uh, we read about him here in Exodus chapter number 2. Verse 11 says, It came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian, smiting the Hebrew, one of his brethren, and he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did the, did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? Listen to this. And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. So now we see Moses afraid of his past. And you know the story. You know what, ha what happens next? He fled. He goes to Midian. You know how long he stays in Midian? 40 years. Do you know why Moses is in Midian for 40 years? Because he's afraid. In fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter uh, 4 and verse number 19... Listen to God speak to Moses in Exodus chapter 4, verse 19. This is 40 years later when Moses is now 80 years old. And the Lord said unto Moses in Midian, Go return into Egypt, for all the men are dead which sought thy life. I've got news for you now, child of God. You don't have to be afraid of your past. You don't have to be afraid of your past. Say, Brother David, you don't know how bad my past is. You, are you saved? Does he remember your past? Yeah, but Brother David, the devil does. Well, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You don't have to be afraid of your past. He is the God of the present and the future and the past. 
Trust Him with the past just like you're trusting Him with your future. You don't have to be afraid of your past. Let the devil shoot the bullets of fear. Trust God with your past. Trust God with your past. You say, Brother David, I'd sure hate for everybody in this building to know everything about my past. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Well, let's just don't be afraid of our past. God's able to take care of it. And, and if our past does rear its ugly head, we know that all things work together for good to them, love God to them, or calling who are His purpose. Why be afraid? Why be afraid of your past? He's the God of the past as well as the present and the future. I've got three more, and I feel like I, I, I feel like I kind of laid these out, or the Lord laid them out rather, in the order leading up to the ones that are most likely to cause us trouble. I talked about the fear of the future and the fear of the past, but let's talk about fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. I'm not afraid of rejection. Fear of man. Fear of man. Peer pressure. It makes you want to dress like the world and act like the world. It's why you don't witness. It's why you don't pray in public. Proverbs 29, verse 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare. And modern Christianity is caught in the snare. Why should popular opinion matter to Christians? You know what he said as he's going up to Calvary? He said, if they've done these things in a green tree, what are they doing the dry? He told us in his word, he said, uh, they'll persecute you for my name's sake. There's no sense in being afraid of man, church. It's just a weapon of the devil to get you not to witness, to get you not to do what God's called you to do, to get you to be afraid and do nothing. Do nothing. In every war, there's always the propaganda machine. Uh, in World War II, it kind of ramped up a little bit more because of the age of technology being uh, implemented, and, and there were radio broadcasts, and the BBC had broadcast, and, and uh, all of Europe, the free Europe at least, is broadcasting things to put the Germans in fear, and, and Germany's broadcasting things to put uh, the Europeans in fear. And Tokyo Rose, who was a, an American that was uh, captured by the Japanese, and uh, there's debate as to whether she was on the Japanese side or whether she was on the American side, but she's over there in, Jap in, in Tokyo broadcasting to the American troops and telling them that the Japanese is going to get them and tear them down and kill them and all that stuff. And it's, it's all fear. It's about fear. Y'all remember Muhammad Ali? And some of you not old enough remember Muhammad Ali. Uh, but the boxer, and, and he used the weapon of fear against his, against his opponents. Why? Because fear is real, and it is a weapon. Fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. There is something about humankind that makes us so worried about not fitting in and, not, and being an outcast and being different. You know what I'm convinced? I'm convinced that most people that have all these body piercings and multiple tattoos really don't even like them themselves. I believe that. I believe that. I believe they don't even like them. 
I believe they just did it because everybody else was doing it. Boy, there's a smart person, isn't there? Churches have fell prey to it. Fear of rejection. Was Christ rejected? He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Why should we be afraid of this world's opinion of us when he died to set us free from it? He died to set us free from fear. God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Church, don't be afraid. Don't let the devil use this weapon of fear and the fear of rejection, the fear of fear of being an outcast, and the fear of man to control your life. Because that's what he's doing. So many people will not bow their head in a public place and, and, and give thanks for their food. They claim to be Christians because of fear. And on and on the list goes. There's the fear of rejection. There's the fear of the unknown. And uh, up comes this subject that I preach about regularly. And I've already, Brother Clay's already threatened me tonight about talking about the comfort zone, trying to get him over to the nursing home to do a devotion. Remember this verse, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. We heard it last week. After these things, the word of the Lord came into Abram in a vision saying, Fear not. Abram. Y'all remember that verse? Fear not Abram. Fear the unknown. And of course, Abram says in the next verse, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? Abram doesn't know how he's going to have a kid, how he's going to have a child. I mean, he's, he, his wife has passed childbearing age, and it's another 15 years after this before he has a child. There's the fear of the unknown. I'm going to tell you something. When you start saying, yeah, but what if? That's fear. That's fear. That's fear. Well, what if, what if China starts dropping bombs? What if Biden gets reelected? What if Biden don't get reelected? There's worse than Biden. What if it's just fear? You know, the, the hymn writer said, I don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty. But the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. We don't have to be afraid of the unknown. I do. I, I, Brother Clay, I'm not trying to pick on you tonight, but uh, it's just kind of happening. <laughs> I sure do appreciate Brother Clay being willing. But I can imagine uh, that maybe some thoughts have crossed his mind about the old folks at the, at, at the nursing home and uh, how friendly they are and do they pay attention and that sort of thing. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being concerned about those things, but we just don't have to be afraid, church. You don't have to be afraid to witness. You don't have to be afraid to pass out a tract. Because that, that fear is keeping you from doing that. We don't have to be afraid of the unknown. You can just say, I know the Lord, even though I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I don't know about this unknown thing. I've never done this before, but I don't have to be afraid. Because I know the Lord. And then lastly tonight, the fear of failure. The fear of failure. This is another one that keeps a lot of people 
in their comfort zone. Listen to this verse, Luke 9, 44. Jesus said, let these sayings sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. Okay, <laughs> let me read that again. Let these sayings, Jesus said, sink down into your ears. Now, what do you think Jesus meant there? He meant really get a grip on this, right? I want you to really grab a hold of this. Listen to the next verse. But they understood not this saying. That verse goes on to say, and they feared to ask him of that saying. <laughs> so Jesus says, let this saying sink down in your ears. Guys, I really want you to get this. Man, I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm afraid to ask him what it is. It's the fear of failure. Did you know that the fear of failure, okay, the devil will use the fear of failure against you. It is his weapon, the fear of failure. I'm going to tell you something. The fear of failure makes you a failure. Think about it. The fear of failure makes you a failure. Young people, the devil will use the fear of failure to tell you you can't do anything in the youth service and you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't live for God. And the fear of failure will make you a failure. You remember when the Lord called Moses in Exodus chapter 3? And this is, this is before, prior to the Lord said, the people are dead that sought your life in, in, in Exodus chapter 4, verse 19. But in Exodus chapter 3, the Lord says, I want you to go down there. Moses said, I can't. I can't do it. Then he says, send somebody else. Then he says, Lord, I can't speak well. I'm not eloquent. Send somebody else. But eventually Moses overcame his fears and by the grace of God, did something great for God, did he not? Moses became one of the greatest men in the Bible because he overcame his fears. The devil uses the weapon of fear against us. And now maybe I didn't mention your fear tonight. There's people, or some people, I've got, I wrote down some more. There's the fear of loss. Some people got fear of sickness. Yeah. There are people, in, and, and some of us know, of, know them, that still have not gone back to church from covid Fear of sickness. Fear of loneliness. Fear of Satan. And on and on the list goes. It's the devil's weapon and you've got to overcome your fears or you're never going to amount to anything for God. If you want to do, Quebec Baptist Church, if we're going to do what God wants us to do and be what God wants us to be, we're going to have to overcome our fears. We don't have anything to fear but, but God. So I'm asking you not to overcome your fears. Uh, you know, sometimes I get afraid. Um, I, I, I got, I'm scared of y'all sometimes. <laughs> I know that may surprise y'all. Uh, I like that story about that guy. He's, uh, he's been on death row for years, and it's execution day for him. And uh, the warden comes in and says, well, said, uh, we'll, we'll get you anything you want for your last meal, buddy. He said, you name it, we'll go get it, lobster, caviar. He named off a bunch of expensive stuff. and uh, That old boy said, I want a bowl of mushrooms. And the warden said, why do you want a bowl of mushrooms for? He said, I've always been afraid to eat them. <laughs> he overcame that fear that day, didn't he? Let's overcome our fears, church. Let's overcome our fears. And do something for God.
So, uh, I don't know. I'm going to get Micah to come back to the piano tonight. And we're going to have a time of invitation. You see, even right now, the devil is very likely using the weapon of fear against somebody here and saying, ah, don't go pray. Ah, there's no need to... But you know your heart. You know if there is fear that the devil uses in your life to keep you from being what God wants you to be. I'm asking you now, let's overcome our fears. Let's overcome our fears. And be what God wants us to be. Let's stand. We'll, we'll, we'll do at least one verse.